Welcome back to Paul Pocky. We are back. Ray is uh, on board, back from Denmark. And, by the way, it's almost June. With such a limited time to worry about your watercraft, don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect your property in the event of an accident or a theft. Let Wyatt Dowling ensure you are properly covered. Leave your worries at the door. All points marine. All risk, agreed value protection. Uh, protect that watercraft from damage, from theft, or from vandalization or anything else. A three-year new model replacement. Water ski, water, wakeboard liability included. Allpointsinsurance.ca. Uh, thanks to those guys for supporting us. If you have a watercraft and you want to insure it, allpointsinsurance.ca. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. And we're back. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Pulp Hockey Podcast. It's been a while, but Ray is back from Denmark, and there is plenty to talk about. The Stanley Cup final is set. Lots to uh, break down and talk about. And thanks, everybody, for listening. PulpHockey.com. Uh, get it on Stitcher. Get it on iTunes under Pulp Hockey. Wherever you get podcasts from, Pulp Hockey will be there. Or you can just go to the website, uh, PulpHockey.com, as well. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line. The guy you really want to hear from, TSN lead color analyst, former NHLer, Ray Ferraro. What's up, Ray? How are you? I'm great. I'm uh, back home. You know, three weeks in Denmark was was really nice and awesome, and Copenhagen's an amazing, amazing city. But, man, I'm glad to be home, and I'm going to be home till Sunday when I fly to Vegas, and um, we... Uh, you know, TSN does our sports center panels that we do daily, but I'm also uh, doing NHL radio uh, uh, along with Joe Micheletti and Kenny mm-hmm. Albert. Uh, so we'll be we'll be bringing the games on NHL radio um, starting game one Monday. Yeah, just right back into it. You were home for what three, four days, maybe <laughs> five days, four days, <laughs> and just enough to kind of settle into right. back home. Yeah, and then time to leave again. So, right. um, but it's almost done, and um, I, I got to be honest with you. There's some finals. They get queued up, and you go, ah, that should be okay. And mm-hmm. I have no idea what this is going to be like, but I'm really excited for, you know, the the way that the atmosphere is in Vegas, um, because I experienced that in the first round when I did the series for NBC there. And then just, the, like, the frustration that's finally just bubbled to the surface and was vanquished mm-hmm. yesterday uh, for Washington. You know, they just see an OB scream on the bench. Yeah. And, um, you know those fans have been, man. They've had the best team in the league. Oh no, the second best team in the <laughs> league for for a decade. It's yep. like this. It's one thing to to not win, but they were like they were there forever. It's almost like probably when you were growing up, Steve, in Winnipeg, the Jets had the third best team in the league. Unfortunately, they were in the same division as Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah, yeah. And they never got out of the division, and so they became a footnote. And that's kind of what it happened to Washington. So I, I was happy yesterday for them. I, as you know, I could care less yeah. who wins, but yep. um, I was happy for those guys. Man, they've they've been booted in the shins for a long, long time of failure, chokers, this, that, and the other. And yeah. some of it became true. 
right? But yeah, yeah. Not anymore. They're no. there now. Absolutely. It's really cool. I, I've been kind of on their bandwagon since the start of the playoffs. If you remember, I'm like, everyone's kind of counting them out. And they still won yeah. the division. And they're just, you know, this might be the year. It happened to the Islanders. It kind of happened to the Red Wings. Whenever you're like, you know oh. This, they, you know what you know? found out felt like to me, Steve? Mm. Is Remember a few years ago when San Jose was Stanley Cup favorite every year? Yeah. And they kept losing. Mm-hmm. And then everybody gave up on them, me included, because <laughs> right. they kept picking them to, to win the Stanley Cup. And then they went to the Stanley Cup. It was the year after all the expectation had kind of just floated away on them. Yep. And then all of a sudden they're in the final against Pittsburgh, and you're like, well, how the hell did that happen? Like, look at, look at Washington's team. Compare it to the last couple of teams. And individually you'd say that's not the same team. No. Nope. Like, they're not, they're not as good. Well, hell, does it matter? <laughs> they all found a way to play. They all found the roles that they had to to adjust to. They they got some really good work for some unheralded guys. And then of course you got the best goal scorer in the game who had an amazing year and he's had a, an outstanding playoff. Uh and they shut out shutting out Tampa Bay the last two games. You know, I mean, in, one in their building, obviously, in Game Seven. It's just that full marks, man. Like that's an amazing job by those guys. They just had and, and Holby hadn't Holby hadn't had a shutout all year. I saw that. I could not believe it. I'm like, when what? I saw that, <laughs> you know, you know, when you see something and you go, that is not right. Yeah. So I'm I'm watching. It was on TV. Uh, I don't know if it was on the game or if I was watching something after. And I see that stat right away. I grab my phone. And pull up his stats for the year. <laughs> right. I'm like, he must have had a shutout somewhere. Yes. And the answer was no, he did not. So, <laughs> just um, you know, to to win the last two games of a series, of course, is really hard. But let's let's even go back further. They had, you know, they had won the first two games, and they must have been, you know, almost tasting it. They go back home, and then they lose two. Yeah. And then let's let's be honest. We probably all said the same thing. <laughs> there it is, the good old Caps, and. And that's it. Here they go, and then they, then they win the last two again. It was just, it was so, um, so different to see it play out in a different script for them. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's great. It's it's awesome. But as you know, Ray, like you know, I mean, you got the conference finals, and like if you don't win it now, it's just it's got to be crushing for these guys to 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 get all the way and not win it is 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 terrible. Like. You know, I would think. Anyways, I would think you're just like. Well, wow. here's, here's the thing: is like you lose in the first round, and you're like, yeah, well, yeah, we weren't good enough, right? You know, we got bumped out, or even the second round when we got with the Islanders. I remember like the season was over, we lost the last game, and you know, flying back on the plane, and almost like um, that was the first time I felt how sore and tired I was. You know, <laughs> like you let the cork right. out a little bit, yeah, and it was freaking deflating. Yeah. Like, man, we got all this way. I've never been here before. And yeah. like all of us were saying the same thing. Not me, I, like I, all of us. We've never been here before. Like, will we ever get there? Yeah. And the answer was no. And so for Tampa, you know, like they 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 paid a huge price to to get JT Miller and Ryan McDonough. Mm-hmm. And and I'm doing that every day if I'm Steve Eiserman. Because you've got a great team, terrific team, and these guys might put you over the top. You can't keep waiting for another day. Yeah. Eventually, you've got to push your chips into the middle of the table, and it doesn't work. Now where do you go? Yeah. Because they're a year away from signing Kucherov to a long extension. 
and he was brutal yeah. in the last couple of games. His second part of the season was not very good. So now they've got to make a decision. What do we do with that? Is that like something that will become better, or is this what we get? You know, like mm-hmm. I guess I'm just pointing that out as the challenges of of moving forward for them. Yeah, you know, there's they've got a lot of great pieces. Like to me, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Stamkos is you know can return to the player he used to be, and that's a bloody shame because it's injury related. He not only did he get hurt. He had, like, crushing, significant injuries. Yes, yes. And it just doesn't – I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me it just doesn't quite look the same. And and I hate it because I like everything that he stands for. And he's one of the guys that I do cheer for. But I thought he had one chance, a backhander in Game 7, but pretty pretty quiet night for him. Yeah. And Game 6, of course, he was really quiet. I think he only had one power play goal in the playoffs. You know, like that's yeah. not Stamkos like, and so you can get all this way and think, oh yeah, next year we'll be better, but will you? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 with the Caps too, like if if they happen to like Vegas is playing with house money, right? And 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 I think the Jets are are great and young and fast, and they're going to be right back where they are next year. I yes, think. You I know? agree. Yeah, they're the one team I can say, you know what, this is repeatable. Yeah. for them. Yeah, like. Is Vegas going to win 51 games next year? I don't, I, so. I don't think so. I, I still, Steve, I still look at their lineup, <laughs> and I and I still don't get it. Yeah. And then I go, nah, shut up, Ray. Maybe it just doesn't matter, and they're just good. Yeah. Like maybe maybe it helps if your goalie stops 96 percent of the shots. <laughs> just a tad, just a little bit. Maybe it helps if three quarters of your roster blew by their career highs. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen in the same way again. And that's why, like, when you, when you see George McPhee talk, like you can, and, and Gerard Gallant, like veteran people, you can see the appreciation of where they are. Like, they get yeah, yeah. Some of the players, they have no idea. They're talking about, <laughs> you know, they, they, when you're a player, you don't get it. You just, you just whatever's in front of you, that's what you yeah, deal with. That's your, that's your deal. You know, but McPhee's been a GM now for 18 years, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think he understands how hard it is to get to this point. Gerard Gallant was in a cab two week, two years ago, having to find his own way yeah. after getting fired. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, the, the stories here are just remarkable in this final, though, yep. Steve. Like, yep. you know, so just Gerard Gallant is one, um, you know, McPhee being, dumped, Mc, literally yeah. dumped to the curb. As, as he was from Florida. Mm-hmm. And then you got Washington's coach. It's on the last year of his contract that most everybody thinks is done at the end of the year. Yeah, can you, like, why do you think, why do people think that? Like, what's going on? Is there tension there? Like, what, what, you're right. There, everybody there, is just like, he's out. There has been tension. Yeah. There has been um, uh, a certainty of, you know, the GM wants to go in a new direction because let's, let's be honest here. The direction they were going was really good, but mm-hmm. not good enough. Mm-hmm. Now it is good enough. So now what do you do? Yeah. Like if you're Barry Trotz, maybe you've mentally already checked out of Washington. <laughs> right? Like maybe you've <laughs> yeah, already said, yeah. okay, because whatever discussions they've had, you know, certainly we don't know about them. Mm-hmm. And maybe they've decided at the end of the year he's going to move on. But what if they win? Well, yeah, right? I mean. Like if they win. And you're Brian McClellan, and you have the, 
you know, you have the microphone at the uh, at the draft, and you say, uh, um, you know, we're proud to represent the Stanley Cup champion uh, Washington Capitals. Oh yeah, our new coach for next year, <laughs> yeah. is, you know, is Joe Schmo. Yeah. Like it, it's really an awkward dynamic. And I got to tell you, I love it. <laughs> and the reason I love it is because Barry Trotz is a is a bloody survivor. Yeah. He's a great you know, like, Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, all yeah. those years in Nashville, like, okay, so you see the way he's built, right? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. and his neck is just like a, right. you know, it's like a he's tree got, trunk. Well, he broke, he, he's got spinal fusion from uh, an injury playing hockey. That's playing junior. That's where his career ended. And so he got into coaching because he had to. And then he became a really good coach. And then... Nashville became an expansion team, and Barry became the head coach. Yeah, and he was really successful for a long period of time, and then that kind of ran its course. And then he moved, and now it seems like this has run its course. If I'm Barry Trotz, I'm sitting here. You talk about Vegas with house money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm giggling every day. <laughs> yeah, that okay. I may be out of a job at the end of this. Yeah. So what? I'll be out for four minutes. Yep. Could you imagine the teams that already have coaches if Barry Trotz becomes available? Yeah. And they, they would say to their coach, oh, yeah, change of plans. <laughs> and the change yeah. of plans is you. It's you. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting subplot. And then from what I understand, like Brian McClellan and George McPhee didn't really end well. No, that, you know? is, so. that is not – that is not a that was not a smooth transition. No, no, no. So and so for the people that don't know much about George McPhee, I've gotten to know George a little bit over the years. And to be honest, I don't know Brian McClellan at mm-hmm. all. I know he's very soft spoken. I just know him to say hi. Go YouTube George McPhee. And YouTube McPhee fights. <laughs> Now, George McPhee is smaller than me. Yeah. Take a look at the guys he's fighting. (laughs) George was an animal. He was crazy. He was so tough. Yeah. Now you see him, he's he's got his, you know, he's quiet, soft-spoken. He's got his trim suits, the Mm -hmm. thin tie, Mm -hmm. right? You don't get much from him. That's not what George used to be. Um, But that was when he was playing. He built, so this basically is, the team George McPhee built against the team George McPhee built. Yeah, there's not a lot of difference uh, in the in Caps roster. There really isn't. And so when George was fired, um, that didn't. That wasn't. There wasn't a, um, a a phone call that went from one to the other. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, yeah, yeah. it was a clean break. And yeah. so George, George, of course he wants to win, and of course McClellan wants to win. Yeah. But. For George, there's an extra layer here. Yeah, there won't be any uh, pleasantries exchanged with, with McClellan. No, and the crazy part yeah. is, somebody had a, a picture circulating last night, I saw on Twitter, of the two of them at Bowling Green. I saw that. Like, yeah. they played together. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I... George had the cool feathered back hair, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. You know, what's funny is, I went to the press conference for him um, when he got introduced here, and I actually asked him, what did you learn from your time in Washington that you would, you know, do differently? I thought it was a brilliant question, by the way. And uh, oh, it was, yeah. yeah. And, and he answer. said, he said, basically along the lines of, I would communicate with the owner better. I would, you know, manage up better. I, you know, basically right. saying like, you know, he he didn't really know what 
Ted Leonsis was feeling about him or, or, or what he was, who Ted was listening to, kind of, you know? So, interesting just, answer. Just think of the power dynamic of that. Yeah. You know, you're busy, you're, you know, you're heading your team, you're heading the scouting staff, you're checking guys are hurt, you got to call guys up, you got to trade yeah. guys, you got to this, you got to that. And in the meantime, they're this, you know, the owner who's not in the meetings and who writes your check, he's circulating and doing the things he's doing, and people are talking to him all the time, and the team's not winning. So you know owners, they because yeah. just because of the way it is, they ask everybody, what do you yeah. think's wrong with my team? Right. Well, if you find somebody that gives you an answer you like, <laughs> he's your new best friend. Yep, yep. You'd be amazed how many managers and how many um, team presidents we talk to and it's all in conversation, and it's all in um, – it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. But there are times you feel like you're being engaged. Really, huh? Yeah, like they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're sponging information. Right. And if I were a manager, I'd be doing it too. Right, right. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you – so George was sitting there working in a vacuum mm-hmm. in Washington, and now, you know, he, you know his first step was, as, you, as he mentioned to you, was to be way more in lockstep with – what the owner wants. What's the owner feeling? Yeah. How are you doing? And, What's what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I hope I hope this quote for all these people that are pissing and moaning about whether Vegas belongs in these finals oh, or not. Yeah. That pisses me off, Steve. Times one hundred and fifty. <laughs> I saw that because, on Twitter. You were angry. Yes. Yeah. And, and it and so what are these other people worried about? That their team sucks or their management hasn't done it right? Is that what it is? <laughs> is it that? Oh, it's too soon. They don't deserve it. Why don't they deserve it? Their owner paid $500 million. They deserve to be in the game as much as any. And if Vegas sucked this year and they won 15 games, and in March there was 13,000 people in the building, how is that good for the NHL? Yeah. I'll tell you who this is good for. Everybody. And the reason it is, um, like everything, it goes right back to business. So the Vegas Golden Knights have turned out to be an absolute astonishing story and a cash cow the more revenue they bring in per game the players love it because there is a 50 50 split of hockey related revenue between the owners and the players the more revenue that comes in means the less escrow that the players have to play to pay yeah so the guys in carolina they love vegas winning because that means more money into the pot and that means less money comes off their check you know who else loves it? The owners, because they get the other half of the hockey-related revenue, and they're all for that. Oh, and by the way, Vegas gave them $16 million plus to each team yeah. to come into the league. Just in your pockets. Here you go. Yeah. So explain to me how all the notoriety of what the Vegas Golden Knights have done, explain to me how that's bad for the game. Most of the time we piss and moan about the offside rule or goalie interference or – Phoenix doesn't have a building or they don't have, want the one that they're in. And Florida's got – Florida had a game two years ago where the glass broke <laughs> yeah. and they had to put plywood up. Yeah. They, do you remember that? Yes, yes. They just moved <laughs> the fans. Yeah. They had enough – No fans. problem, right, yeah. Hey, just go sit over there. <laughs> How yeah. the hell is that good for the league? Yeah. So I'm all in on Vegas and their success. I think it's outstanding. I think George uh, McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon – and their staff, they gamed the system. They knew the rules better than everybody else, and they took advantage. And that's on the other GMs and the other owners for not understanding it. And whoever takes over in Seattle 
when they go to the 31 existing teams and say, mm-hmm. hey, we'll leave this guy and we'll take a draft pick and that other guy, the other teams are going to say to Seattle, beat it. Take one player and <laughs> No. Looking back on it, that's where the GMs made the mistakes are just being like, hey, we can dump this contract. We can dump this con-. Like, yeah, you can, but guess what? <laughs> uh, just let them take the players. Like, just, just uh, evaluate all your players on merit. Uh, we're never yep. don't look at numbers. Evaluate them on merit, and leave you know protect who you can, and, and leave. And if you have to leave, lose somebody that you like. Oh well, don't get into deals. Don't get into like. Okay, uh, I heard this story, Steve, and the person I heard it from, mm-hmm. I know it's a hundred percent true. Okay. Okay, so I know this is fact. William Carlson was going to be unprotected, and a team called to check on Carlson, mm-hmm. what it would take um, to acquire him. Yeah. And the price was a second-round pick. And the other team said, I don't know, he had six goals. And... <laughs> so they turned it down. Yeah. He went in the expansion draft, and he scored 43 goals. Yeah. So the manager, like, my point of mentioning that story is that most of the teams had a crack at these players, but – they looked at them on merit and said, mm, I don't know, six goals. What the hell do I want a six-goal centerman for? I already got one of those guys. And they, and they let it go. Yeah. And then Vegas reaped the benefits of getting these guys, and they, most of them hit grand slams. Hell, they had five goalies at the start of the year. How did that not sink their season? <laughs> you got me, man. Yeah. It's, Anybody uh, they called up, they called up guys from the senior league in Vegas almost. Was, and they came in yeah. and won two games. Does Dylan Ferguson get a Stanley Cup ring? <laughs> He's no, he doesn't, but he is a black ace. So yeah. He's having a hell of a time. I know, right? That's awesome. No. By the way, Dylan Ferguson, funny you bring that up. Uh-huh. I bought Cammy's engagement ring from his father. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. He came up in L.A., introduced himself. Uh, nice kid. Yeah, we're yeah. talking. He goes, yeah, you know my dad. And uh, I'm like, I do? And he goes, uh, Colin. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> nice. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's it, a random connection. No, it, it, uh, it's remarkable. And uh, my wallet is uh, fully behind. The Vegas Golden Knights success this year. Well, your, your wallet is, uh, and the fact that your wife is so all in. Oh boy, means you are screwed, pal. Uh, the ticket, you have got no chance. I. It is. We have. Uh, we have division champion hats and shirts. We have Campbell Conference the hats and shirts champion. Uh, just like it's 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 been one. You one. know what's crazy about that <laughs> is if you would have known. You wouldn't have bought the division championship. What the hell do you need that for? I'll wait yes, for the next one. Right, exactly. But it always seemed like it was going to end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's It's you been know? remarkable. And, like, obviously, uh, you know, living here and everything else, and, I, like, I'm fully in because I, I don't know when I'll ever get to see a Stanley Cup final games and yeah. having, having the home team, and, and we're thinking about going to Washington for a game. Like, we're in. You know, because you, know you, you just never know. This, Steve? When I when I went to games, uh, what was that? Games one and two, yeah, games one and two in Vegas. So I was doing them for NBC with Chris Cuthbert. We walked over from the hotel, and we kind of got within a block or so of the rink, uh-huh. and we we're like, "This is like everywhere else." <laughs> right. Like I don't know why we were so surprised, but yeah. it was it was mayhem. Yep. Like playoff mayhem. People are all out. Of course, Vegas has the weather, right? Which is yeah. 
you know, it's a you know, it's a it's a winner in April. Everybody's outside. They're having beers before the game. They had all those little games outside. People are shooting at targets and playing that you know with a beanbag toss yep. into the into the whole thingamajiggy. Cornhole, cornhole. Like, by terrible name. Yeah, the very bad name. Name. Very <laughs> bad name. And uh, like, do do people say? Like, do parents say to their kids, "Time to go play a little cornhole"? <laughs> I think they do like, because my buddy sells. He makes and sells the boards, and he's like on on social media. He's like cornhole boards. I'm like, oh boy. Tell him to come up with a new name. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway, yes, anyway. And then you get up to the plaza, and there's the, um, you know, the entertainment's going. They're giving out the free tattoos. Was brilliant. Yeah. Now, I don't want a free tattoo. I don't want a tattoo. Yeah. But if but. I'm going to get one, I might as well get one free. Yeah. And then you're at the game, and then you go. And, like, I was blown away with the way the community has embraced that. And But what I really got a sense of, and you, you live there, so you tell me if I'm way off base here, but around the arena, you know, that section, that's all Golden Knights. You go a mile down the strip, and it's Celine Dion. Like, it's a different world. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter because the people that go there to see Celine Dion, that's what they want. The yeah. people that go there to see the Golden Knights, this is what they want. Like, there's all these different little pockets because there's so much stuff going on. And I'm like, they have monopolized this little chunk here. <laughs> this, this area, this awesome. arena area, yeah. Yeah, and, and you go to you go to every any kind of store, retail stores, and there's Knights merch, Knights merchandise at the airport. Uh, the New York yep. New York statue has the jersey on. Caesar's Palace has put the jersey on something, and it's they're into it, man. It's everywhere we go, everywhere I go, uh, I get asked about it because people know I'm a hockey fan, and you know they kind of want to talk about the Knights. It's it's Ray. What if they win and the Stanley? You know Cup? what, Steve? If you and your wife go to Washington, when we first drove up to the arena. In 1990, I want to say six, when they opened that place, it was in the middle of this ratty, old, broken-down neighborhood. And we're like, they put this rink here? Are you kidding me? What a pit. Well, it is spectacular, the area around there. And it is all red jerseys everywhere. It is awesome. Yeah. And so they've done the same thing there. And so it's... And again, Washington. I mean, it's this time of year. Everybody's got good weather, but yeah, like the like the people are outside. They're on the patios. There's, oh, it's I love it. I it, it's one of my favorite places to go. Is it really? Huh? And so, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm. And the other thing too is like you can, you know, you there's so much history there. Yeah, it's and, not far you know, from so the White House and everything, right? I think it's right. No, it's I, not. I, I walk by you there. Can, yeah, you can walk by there easily. Yeah, and um, I. I don't know. I, I love Washington, D.C. I don't necessarily love what's going on in there right now, but um, mm-hmm. I, I love it. And, I, you know, who doesn't like Vegas? So I'm ready to get going. I'm, I'm excited for it. Well, breaking this series down, um, goaltending, defense, forwards, uh, and let's get your take on that. So, I mean, goaltending, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has to have the edge. Has to. He, he does. Yeah. Um, when I did those first, that first series again, um, I interviewed Flurry after game four in L.A., and um, I asked him or mentioned, yeah, I guess I asked him, I said, now, I don't recall you ever playing better than this. Can you think of a time? Mm-hmm. And he said no. Yeah. And why I, say, why I thought that was my visual of Flurry is like a, a guy trying to put out a fire with 
like a, a fly swatter. You know, like he's all over yeah. the place. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I don't see that now. Yeah. What I see is he's just locked in. The puck hits him in the middle of that crest a lot. He he controls his rebounds. There's a calmness to him. I think he's playing amazing. Mm-hmm. Braden Holtby, of course, didn't start the playoffs as the starter, yep. which is astounding. It was Philip Grubauer. Well, he took over in game, I think, the tail end of game two and then went in for game three, and he's been in goal ever since. Now, last night, even in the shutout, I thought there were some pucks that should have gone in. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple. And, and, I, don't, and I don't necessarily know how they didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so I don't know if – I don't know if that's the same, uh, if that same luck will hold for him, because every goalie has luck, right? I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't not have luck. You just, you know. And so I'm curious if if he can play to the level that he needs to play at, because I would guess Flurry's not going to fall apart. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'd give an edge. I'd give an edge to Flurry here. Outside of the, the game one against the Jets, Flurry was a little off his post a couple times. Uh, well, okay, so here's yep, something but, to think about, though, Steve. Too. Yep. So for game one, um, Vegas had, had a little bit of time off, right? Yep. And they came out, and they were sloppy, and Flurry wasn't good. Well, they've had time off here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they could easily lose home ice advantage right away. And what's really interesting about that is Washington's won 8 out of 10 games on the road this year. In the playoffs, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. 80% on the road, and they're under 500 at home, and and Vegas has the best home record. So I'm I'm really interested in Game One to see if Vegas is sharp, or if they kind of kick the thing all over the lot because they're just a little rusty. Yeah, and it happens. It happens for sure. Uh, all right, so the edge goes to Vegas uh, for you. Defense uh, between the two teams. Uh, we got to see what Orpic was a nasty hit. Uh, hopefully, he's all right. How that wasn't a penalty uh, is a joke. I, I and, don't know. And I'm and it bugs me with the people that are saying, "Well, why would he face the glass?" <laughs> because the puck was on the boards. Where the hell else is he supposed to face? Yeah, he went back to play it, and Paquette, who um, is a is a chippy, mm-hmm. cheap player at times. Hit him right between the fours. Yeah, it, it was like, like I don't. Yeah, it, it's not like Orpic went back there and stood there for three seconds and you know and and drew the hit. Yeah, he went back to. If you're just think of this from a physics standpoint, <laughs> the puck is on the boards. It's not moving. You skate towards it. How are you going to shoot it from its current position unless you face the boards? Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. You know, there is the the the, the thing about some guys, you know, not being scared of, and turning their back more than ever before. But not in this case. Not in this case. No, he had to. Yeah. He had to go back <laughs> to get the puck. Yeah, like like it was impossible. He couldn't. Was he going to go backwards and back his ass <laughs> yeah, into the boards so, and then kick it? Yeah. Um, like it, it, so if he's out, that's a loss because Washington's defense is not is not super deep. And so to lose Orpik, which is kind of funny because he's always the guy that gets holes poked in his game because I think he got one goal this year and it's probably an accident. <laughs> um, you know, like he's right, not right, going right. to score. He doesn't get many, you know, he certainly doesn't get many assists, but he's one of their best penalty killers yep. and they would miss him. 
And the Washington defense early in the year, Steve, I know we talked about this and on the show, but I talked about it, you know, when, when I got home from the game mm-hmm. was that they were kind of holding open auditions early in the year on the blue line. They basically put every young guy they had yep. back there and hoped that somebody was going to grab the job. Well, it didn't necessarily work that way. I guess the young guy that really leaps and bounds jumped was Dmitry Orlov. But Carlson's a very good, very good player. Matt Niskanen, a really underrated mm-hmm. uh, player. You take Orpik out of that mix, they're yep. a little thin. Yep. And then I look at, at Vegas's defense, and back to this thing about, you know, Vegas was gifted all these players. If when that defense got drafted, the only two guys the teams around the league would look at and say, man, I wish we could have had him, would have been Nate Schmidt and Shea Theodore. Yep. The rest of them, they would have said, Colin Miller, eh. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. Oh, yeah, he had 41 points this year. Like, seriously, it's guy after guy on that team. Do you think anybody was sign, you know, was lining up to sign Derek Anglin? Well, that, no he, chance. He's been – he's got a lot of average time on ice. They throw him over the boards a lot. I've been really surprised by him. I had never tracked him a lot in Calgary or whatever, and I'm just like, man, he's, he's no, just good. No, but he was yeah. like an extra guy. Yeah. It just... And so I guess – so. Like a lot of Vegas, I would say the they're probably outmanned at the very top. Like John, they don't have a John Carls. Yeah. But when you put their group together, you go, oh, I. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I don't know what the hell it all means because I think they're never as good as they turn out to be. But the the six of them, they skate, they move the puck, they don't necessarily get trapped in their zone under pressure. They get trapped in there sometimes, but it seems like people circle the puck around the outside a lot, and mm-hmm. they never really get a whole pile of dangerous shots. That's what it appears to be. So I, th- I will give a, like a razor-thin edge, almost even, to Vegas, to Vegas. on the blue line, yep. but, but not... You can't see through the lot, through the edge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and Spiza jumped back in after missing a ton of ton of time. And okay, uh, and so here's another know, guy. Right. I live in Vancouver. Yeah, they they couldn't get the media couldn't get Lucas Spiza out of here quick enough. <laughs> Not they fans. called it right. W- w- they would call Spiza like when he turns the puck over. They were calling them Spiza pizzas. <laughs> and then he becomes a regular guy. Yeah, and you're like. And the people here, of course, are like, well, how the hell did that happen? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, remember? Steve, there must be 15 guys on this team that you must look at. Because, well, I, I mean, I say you must. I mean, we all look at and go, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. Their backup goalie they got from waivers. Yep. Yeah, it was supposed, right? to, be, like, it was supposed to be Pickard. It was supposed to be their guy. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's Malcolm Subin. Mm-hmm. And so you're like... Everything that they've done seems to have worked out somewhere. Like, all of a sudden, Ryan Reed scores? Seriously. Yeah. Thomas Tatar, they trade three draft picks. He's in and out of the lineup. He, he scores? Reeves has been in. Reeves missed the start of the, uh, the playoffs, and then he's been the mainstay. And then now, yeah, he gets the winner. Well, but remember, he wasn't in early because Carrier was a wrecking ball. Yeah. 
and then and then Carrier got banged up, and that's when Reeves got in, right? Uh, well, I think they went to Tatar for a little bit, and then Reeves went in. They were kind of uh, going in and out a little bit, trying to figure it out. But Reeves is now stapled; he's in. So it'll be, you know, and, and Reeves will be um, an interesting character in this series because Washington's big. I, I'm thinking there will be there will be a confrontation between Reeves and Wilson somewhere <laughs> in that series. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I enjoyed uh, uh, Dustin Bufflin. Uh, and his antics in the series, grabbing oh. guys. <laughs> when he grabbed the two of them out of there, right. like there were a couple. It, it's right. like when uh, you're, you know, you you see a dog pile in um, <laughs> in kids football, yeah. and the ref picks the two two kids up off the yeah, top of the pile. That was great. Oh, he's, that, that was outstanding. Yeah, and, and Reeves a couple times went up to hit Buff, and Buff bounced him off, and I, I just I enjoyed that well, a little just, bit. Just think of the futility oh. of. Okay, I, I mean, Ryan Reeves, 220 oh, pounds. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to run over Buff. And it was like running into the side of a building. Right. And oh, I, I, I just, it's calm. There was, I don't know if you remember, well, you will, Dave Babbage. Yeah. And yeah. so Babs and I were teammates in Hartford, and he was built like a train. Mm-hmm. Man, he was like 230 pounds back in the day. And so he was playing in Vancouver, and uh, he had, you know, got traded from Hartford. And so this one game we're playing, and he's off balance in the corner, and I got a chance to run him over, like, you know, to knock him over. (laughs) And so I'm like, I'm going to try here. So I take this as big a run as I can, and I bounce off him like a tennis ball. (laughs) And he used to bug me about being Italian all the time. And so as I was getting up, he's like, hey, pizza's here. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we were laughing up the ice because he knew that I just wanted to yeah. knock him over for something to do because yeah. it wouldn't have had any bearing on anything. Yeah. But I, it just I came as Jamie McLennan would say, I came third in that battle. <laughs> Ryan Reeves' father, also one of my favorite childhood CFL players. By the oh way. yeah, yeah. He by was, the way, when, was when Willard Reeves was playing, that's when the Blue Bombers had gold pants. Yeah, yeah, it was good point. Um. All right, forward group. Obviously, there's Ovi, and uh, and and you know a talented group behind them. And and the, the number one line for Vegas, Marshall Soul, Riley Smith, and and uh, Carlson have been rolling. Um, what do you see? I give the edge here to Washington mainly because of not Ovi, but because of Kuznetsov and Backstrom. Mm-hmm. I think that's as good a one-two combination in the middle of the ice as anybody. And their third center, Lars Eller, had a had a fantastic year. He kind of finally fit, you know, found a yeah, fit. Yeah, found a place there. Yeah, you know, like in Montreal, I think they they had expected more offense from him. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not quite there. But he had a terrific year, both offensively and defensively, in the middle of that third line. Um, Brett Connolly came on towards the end of the year to give them a little more depth on that line. Yep. Uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly was outstanding. Now, you know, he when he blocked that shot yesterday, he's like at the back of his neck. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I'm like, of the hundred times a game I'm happy I don't play anymore, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was one of them. Like, yesterday, I was taking the garbage out, and I rolled my ankle. And I'm like, <laughs> I used to be a bloody professional athlete. That's just sitting there going, ah. Like, it hurts. I was supposed to play golf with my son this morning, and I'm like, I can't play. And he's like, what happened? I go, well, I was taking the garbage out. He's like, you're a loser. I'm like, I know. I know. So, anyways, yeah. um, 
but Smith Pelly gave them a little more, um, mm-hmm. you know, gave them depth and size and aggression. Um, their power play is is a real weapon. Now Vegas doesn't take any penalties, so that may negate any edge that Washington would have on their power play. But I'm going to give Washington just the slightest of edge um, uh, because uh, of the depth of their centers. Mm-hmm. I, I think it matters. Um, and not to take away anything from, you know, from Halla or Eakin, but, uh, you know, of course you got Carlson, but yeah. I just don't think those three match up favorably uh, with Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Eller. Yeah. Kind of waiting for um, uh, James Neal to get going a little bit more, too. If there's one, I mean, he's got. This might you know, be more of a series for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, uh, I, I think it's. Like Washington almost plays a little bit of a throwback game, not not all of it, but a little bit of it, and so I'm I'm curious if if a guy like Neil might or David Perron yeah. might be able to yep. to be more effective in a series like this. Yeah, Perron's another guy. He was sick for a little while. He's kind of not gotten fully on track from what we saw in the regular season. You know, so yeah, you're yeah. Right. What yep. sucks, when, man, when you get sick, yep. you know, you just. You lose weight, you lose energy, and it's it's hard to get it back. Yeah. Because when you come back, you know you, you know, say you get eighty percent of your energy back, then you expend ninety percent of your eighty percent in the next game. Yeah. Like, how are you ever going to yeah, feel good until you can shut it down? Maybe this week has been something that sure. will be beneficial to them. Yeah. Before that, it's every other day, right? So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, uh, Vegas was two and zero versus the Caps in a regular season, but you've kind of told us a few times you don't really care about that so much. Yeah, at this point, if if, if they beat them nine two nine two, yeah, then it would matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, I just don't, I don't see the difference. You know, at this, like I don't, I don't put any stock into it. All right, what's your pick? So, in two of the three areas, I gave the edge to Vegas. So, like, slight on defense, flurry and goal. Um, and because of two out of three I give to Vegas, I'm going to pick Washington. Okay. Which makes no sense. Yeah. I understand that. Yep. I'm, I'm very clear my pick makes no sense. And yet, I just, I don't even, re- Steve, I don't even really have a reason why that I think Washington is going to win four games first. Mm-hmm. I just kind of think they are. And I, like last night, going to the game, we're sitting around, we're getting ready to, to watch. And I, not that, as you know, not that I'm any great prognosticator. I had a great first round, you and then after that, the wheels fell off. But I, I said to Cammy as we're getting ready, I'm like, Wash is going to win tonight. Like, I, I didn't have any feel that Tampa could win yeah. last night. And the game's in Tampa. Now I don't know if a lot of people felt like that. I, you know, I wasn't out um, canvassing the neighborhood, <laughs> right. but uh, I, I just felt last night that Wash was going to win, and that's, and again, I've got that same feeling about the final, and uh, I don't know why. It's not like, yeah. not like I think Vegas is going to get out coached, or you know, uh, or they're going to take too many penalties, and that's going to be the down. I, none of that. I just. I just kind of think it's in. Uh, I, it's it's kind of it's kind of Wash's time, and I don't. And there's no there's no um, science to that. Mm-hmm. It just feels like it's 
it's kind of their time. Now, they may end up doing exactly what San Jose did, get to the finals and not win. Yep. But what do you, i got to uh, pick somebody, so I'm going to take Wash. Six or seven? Five? What, what uh, six. Yeah, and six. All right. Yeah. I think there's going to be a Stanley Cup parade down the strip. I can't believe these guys have been doubting them all year. I, I just think. Can you imagine shit. the madness of that? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. That, see, that's I, why. Then, then I cheer for Vegas. I cheer for madness. Right, right. <laughs> just because it's fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Chaos, anarchy in Vegas. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be. It's it. They're they've been done. They've been doing it all year. They're, I just. I think they'll keep doing it. I, why not? And then everyone will lose their minds. In in. Well, see, there's another reason to cheer for Vegas. Right, right. So all these old, stodgy, conservative, whatever, yeah, will will be upset. Yeah, because <laughs> right. they didn't deserve to win. How they won 51 games? Yeah. And they would have won 16 Stanley Cup playoff games if they went. Yep. That means they won 67 games. They've lost three times so far. Yeah. They've lost three times. Yeah. Like that's. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, twelve of fifteen is good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting, man, and uh, be great to see. And it's still mind blowing to me that I that we bought this expansion team tickets and we can go and they're going to go there in the cup final. Right? It's just you, you know you know what though. Again, Steve, uh, you as you were just talking there, you kind of giggled at yourself that yeah. you bought the tickets and yep. all that. Yeah. That's another reason why this is so good for the league. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Even though the league does its best to take all the fun out of everything, <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's wrong with the playoffs or a season being fun? Right. We're allowed to have that. And so I, I hope to heck it's a great series. I want it to be unpredictable. I want to see lead changes. I want, I, I want it to be really good because – it's been such a great ride, and I want it to finish that way. Uh, well said. And actually, uh, my wife ran over here to hear your prediction, and she would like to chime in right now, Ray. On the I show. don't know, Ray. Oh, I sure. feel like you could be swayed a little bit with just a little bit of, you know, talking to. I think I could change your mind, and you could pick Vegas. <laughs> well, you know what? It, I'm I'm so unsure of my pick. It wouldn't take much. Right. <laughs> so, like, if there was a third team, I'd probably pick them. Yeah. I, I, have, I have no – I have – I picked Vegas in two of the three um, items, goaltending and defense. And, defense. Right. Yeah. and then I picked Washington to win. It makes no <laughs> sense, none of it. Right, right. Wow. She, you she, guys just better have a good lunch place one of these times down, like one of the yeah. off days there. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's on you guys. That's the best sure. part is, is we get to hang out with, with well, Ray, not with, you know, I know you're not that stoked with me. but No, anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have some time to get someone to hang out with you. <laughs> right. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, by the way, my wife wants to know, uh, Ray, and you've been there as an NHL player. She is, uh, she follows the wives and girlfriends on in social media and, and the players and everything else. And she's a little concerned because they've been going out a little bit. And I'm like, I'm like the, the Vegas players and, and the wives and girlfriends. But, I mean, it's fine, right? It's, you, you like have, as soon as they got home from Winnipeg, they got on a party bus and yeah, went to a club. That's, that's fine. That's what they should do. Okay. Right. Okay. So she's worried about they prep. About but then two nights ago, they were out watching the Chainsmokers at 1.30 in the morning. It's like a, a DJ, an electronica DJ. It, it, it's fine. Yeah, but okay, okay. So here's, here's the thing, though. <laughs> Would you rather them be out as a group of guys? Or would you rather them be out with their wives? Right. I'd rather them be out with their wives. You can only be so stupid 
when you know nobody <laughs> at three in the morning says that's the great idea when you're with your wife. That's all your Let's years of experience. Yeah, that's Ray knows this. Right. right. Okay, you're making me feel better about it, Ray. I like that. Yeah, I mean because everybody, we've all got buddies that. Right when you're exhausted and it's time to go home, somebody's got a brilliant idea. <laughs> hey, why don't we right. go over here? And it's Vegas, so yeah, that could be scary. But I'm trying to tell her, like, like these are NHL guys that, that you know, they're locked in this bubble of this series. It's fine. They have a week. It's, well, here, you know, here's it's fine. the other thing. This is for, uh, you know, I don't know a lot of these guys, but for all of them, this they're living their lifetime dream. They're not going to screw it up by going out and having 53 beers. You can be out at one thirty in the morning. Doesn't mean you can be, yeah. you know, that you're out there hammered, <laughs> knocking the socks nice. off yourself. All right. All right. I, uh, I, I think I think you're okay. You're worried about the wrong thing. Okay. Well said. I like that. I'm feeling much better about it. <laughs> Now, right. if you guys go out till one thirty in the morning, that's fine. Yeah. You yeah, can do that. Yeah, yeah, we're good. All right. Thanks for jumping in. All right. Go all right. nights go. Yeah, all right. Got it. Go nights Later. go. Um all right, Ray. Let's uh let's quickly uh, move on to some other stuff here. Uh that yep. is your pick. World hockey championships. Like you said, three weeks in Denmark. Uh pretty cool country, pretty cool city of Copenhagen, like you said. Sweden wins over the Swiss. Canada gets fourth, USA takes bronze. Uh Surprises? Thoughts on that? On that? Um, well, I'll start with the U.S. because Patrick Kane came this year, and it's a big deal when somebody like Kane decides to t- to come, mm-hmm. especially for the U.S. Um, they've had trouble getting the players of this stature for a long time to come. So Kane shows up. I couldn't have been more impressed with the way he conducted himself, mm-hmm. with the way he played, with the way he led. He was amazing on every. On every level, he, he had an outstanding tournament, best player in the tournament. And it's really hard to come and commit for 10 more games like they had to do. Mm-hmm. And he was outstanding. I thought Canada was below average um, in their commitment to the tournament. It's like this: the tournament got long for them. Mm-hmm. And it was like they were never really engaged. In in the tournament, yep. and it and it was disappointing to watch. Um, the Swedes had the best team; they had an all star defense. Uh, you know, Ekman Larson, uh, Adam Larson from uh, from Edmonton. Then um, uh, Nashville loses out, and they had Matthias Ekholm and Philip Forsberg and Victor Ardvidsson. That's kind of nice to add. Yeah. Yeah. Midway through the tournament, they were the best team. Yeah, and they deserved to win. The Swiss were a great story. And uh, they hung in there, and they push it to a shootout. And, you know, I'm always a sucker for the underdog, so I was kind of hoping they would win. Um, But they fell just a bit short. And so it's kind of – I know the Olympics were different. Mm -hmm. I just think so – your silver medalists from the two major hockey tournaments were Germany and yeah. Switzerland. That's I have, I have that to talk to you about. Like it's been That's a while since crazy, we, it's it? while since we've seen Czech do much of anything. You know, it's been a yeah. while. Yeah, we got. But it's good. It's good that those countries have some success. It really sure. is. And yeah. so I look at the Swiss, and they've done a really good job with their program of building their young guys. And you know, you you look at players like Niederreiter and mm-hmm. uh, Roman Yossi and. Uh, and then, you know, Nico Heischer was not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah. You know, he didn't yeah, come. He didn't make it. And um, so uh, there's lots to like about the, the state of their program. You know, what's funny is uh, for years in my, my real job of covering the sport of motocross, Swiss, Switzerland was nothing. 
And in the last 10 years, five, six years, Swiss has really developed some riders. And so we have the Olympics of racing every year, and Switzerland is slowly climbing up. They're becoming this sort of motocross power a little bit. It's really surprising. Well, one, yeah. of the, one of the biggest challenges these countries have is to introduce the sport and then to keep people interested in their teens when they start to wander to other sports. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's a real challenge yep. for, you know, for a country that would be non-traditional in the mm-hmm. sport you're talking about yep. or in hockey. Like, Germany should be better. They have a big population. Yep. They got lots of money. Lots, but the, yep. their best athletes, they go play soccer. Yeah. Yeah, strong, uh, so, strong Olympics and athletic background in Germany, you know? Yeah. Um, all yeah. that. Yep. Um, but it was great. And um, we had some fun. And, um, and then it was time to come home. Yeah. Um, is it, is it a, a better chance to... Uh, I know when I go overseas for these races, uh, I'll see these guys, uh, the, the, the teams and the riders, and it'll really be a chance for me to hang out with them in a casual setting because we're not at the North America big races and everything. Is it like that for you too? Like, do you get a little bit more of a of a uh, casual uh, acquaintance with players and coaches and management than you would in the NHL? Coaches and management for sure, yeah, because you see them more frequently. One mm-hmm. night we were out and. Uh, about six of the guys from a couple teams wandered into the same pub we were bar we were in, yep. and uh, so you end up having a couple of beers with sure. them, and yeah. and um, you know everybody. It's so casual; nobody's really right. You know, right. there's you know there's no nobody's looking for information. No, you know, I don't care that they're out. I'm not going to tell you who they are. Who cares, right? Like it's they had two days off, and yep. Yep. they're in Europe, and they. Yeah, they yeah. should be yeah. having beers. Yeah. They should, you know, they should be enjoying themselves. But it's, it's so a real to your point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a real good chance to like swap stories, pick up some tips and rumors or whatever that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, and yeah. just yeah. you can, and the and the thing is, like, I guess maybe it's different for other guys. Uh, I hope they know that, you know, like when we're talking, like I'm I'm yeah. not sharing the stuff yeah. they say. Like, yeah, right. why would I want to do that? It's not right. that important to me. Like to yep. to betray those guys, right? Yeah. So yep. we went in there, and before long, I was actually the guy that said, "Okay, I got to go. It's too late." <laughs> um, well, yeah, but it, but it does help you do your job down the line. A little nugget of sure. information, yeah, that you file yep. away, you know, and a yeah. way a way that you can look at something yep. and you go, "Oh, I wouldn't yeah, have known yeah. this." Right? Yeah, it's the same way for me too. I'm the same way. I'm like, "Wow, yeah, I'm getting learning a lot here about the inner workings," you know. So, um, all right. Uh, so, anything else about that? You want to move on to the, some Leafs management talk? No, let's get on to your Leafs. I mean, all right, big so, changes. Big changes. What's what's your take on Lou going to the Islanders, Dubis, Mark Hunter leaving? Well, okay, so we'll we'll touch on all of it kind of, you know, sort of quickly. But yep. Lou going to the Islanders was, well, it was inevitable that Lou was not going to stay as a consultant. That's just, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, it's not his style. He's healthy enough, even though it's 74. He's healthy enough. He's energetic enough. He still wants to to be the big banana. And so the Islanders have been an absolute mess forever. And I think the, one of the things that Lou does, as well as anybody, is it takes him two seconds to change the culture. Mm-hmm. Because there's, with Lou, there's only, there's only two colors in the palette, and that's white and black. <laughs> that's it. There's no gray. There's nothing else. This is how we do things. This is how we will do things. Oh, you do it that way? We don't. Yeah. Like that's the way yep. Lou operates. And I think the Islanders need a lot of that. So I wasn't surprised, and I'm happy for, you know, for my old team that Lou is going to be there because I think he'll really help. 
for the Leafs, a really tough choice for Shanahan because no matter who he named, he was going to lose at least one guy. Well, could he? So if he named Lamarillo as the GM, right. he was going to lose Dubas. If he named Dubas, he was going to lose Lamarillo and Hunter. If he named Hunter, he was going to lose Lamarillo and Dubas. Okay, so, so now you've you've got this crazy summer of big decisions to be made, and you've got a brand new front office making them. It's a bit of a risk, yeah. But that's what they chose to do. So, in your opinion, Brendan Shanahan could not have done just gone status quo. Like that's where I was wondering. I'm, I was kind of like sitting back, going, "Could you have extended it another year, or was Dubas?" I, I think they. Danger? I think that. Yeah. I think they would have liked to have, but. Yep. You know, Dubas already's had one offer. Yep. To to move, and he's not going to wait around because you can't you can't really promise him. Yeah, you'll be the GM in a year. Like, what if you're the guy in Washington and they've promised you the head coach next year, and now you're <laughs> yeah. in the finals? Yeah. Like, and Barry Trotz is you're still like, there. Huh? Wait a minute, plans change. All right. So, I would have liked to have seen um, the you know, kind of hold on to this or steady the ship yeah. this summer, yeah. which is a big summer for them. But they didn't. And what's really going to be interesting is Kyle Dubas will look at players and look at decisions differently than Lou. And that's just the way it is. Yep. Not because he's some crazy analytics guy and all that stuff, because he's not. He uses all the information he can pull together, and then he makes a decision. But he sees the game differently then Lou would see it. Yeah. Just like I would see it differently than Kyle or Lou, and they would see it differently from me. We're all different people. And so they're gonna, there's going to be players that are going to come into Toronto that wouldn't have come in under Lou because they wouldn't have been on their radar. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Now we'll see how it all works, but it, it would have been the same for Mark Hunter. The people that are saying it's a joke that Mark Hunter's not the GM and Kyle Dubas is, well, why is that? Mark hasn't been a GM before. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say that. You know, that. so yeah. it's, yep. to me, you know, Shanahan made a decision. He's the only guy that's sitting in meetings with both of them. He had to make a decision as to what his view of what the Leafs should look like is going to be. Now, I think he's going to be really involved, Shanahan. You know, not just, you know, not just the, the guy talking around to all the yeah. breakfast club things, but <laughs> I think he's going to be involved. I think Dubas is smart, and I think he'll do a good job. But I think he has got one hell of a tough chore this summer to try and make everything fit in Toronto. Ben Reemsdijk, Bozak. Like, um, you got to replace Bozak, even though people like to boot him in the shins. Okay, so go find another centerman. How easy is that to do? It's not. you got to replace Van Reemsdijk's 36 goals. Where are you going to get that? Don't tell me Andreas Johnson. Because yeah. he's not going to get 36 goals next year. Yeah. So they get, they've got to find that. Um, is Marlowe going to get 25 or 6 goals next year? I don't know. Kadri going to get 30 goals again? Maybe not. Is that defense? You've got to improve that. Freddie Anderson going to play 66 games? Probably not. Yeah. Is the backup going to be as effective as McElhaney is? What if he isn't? Well, then you go from 105 to 98 points. I'd like... go, oh, we almost missed the playoffs. As a fan of the Leafs, and, and, you know, that means a lot, I guess. <laughs> Not really. But I'd like to see an experienced GM promoted in some way. Uh, Brandon Printham got promoted to assistant GM. He's a capologist yep. guy, CBA guy from the league, comes over from the league. I'd like to see uh, – I know Ronnie Francis has been rumored. I, um, you know, any of well, these – Well, they just hired Lawrence Gilman today. 
Yeah, from Vancouver, and, right? Yep. Yeah, and so Lawrence, I, I know Lawrence a little bit. He is a super smart, very uh, calm, calculating guy. Um, so he's got the role that perhaps Ronnie Francis you would think of. Yeah. And so Gilman was Mike Gillis's right hand here in Vancouver when they ran the Canucks. Um, I, I like Lawrence a lot. I think he'll do a good he'll job. Do a good job. Yeah. I uh, he's, um, now he's there's there's no personality to do any of this. You know, like right. Brandon Pridham's a quiet guy. Uh-huh. He just he's a super nice guy, and he just plows ahead and does his thing. And that's what Lawrence is going to be like. Um, so I, I don't. It's not going to be a controversial front office, and then they're going to make the moves they make, and like everybody else, yeah. they hope the hell they work. It's. Uh, I find the narrative a little interesting on the comparison in my mind, a little bit of what your Red Sox did with Theo Epstein years ago. Uh, yep. uh, young, analytic, leaning, not analytic all of it, but analytic leaning yep. guy. Um, young, you know, getting People a shot. Were to, outraged. Yeah, yeah. Well, so remember won the World Series. He traded Nomar. Real quick in his yep. tenure, I think. Um, no more. Yeah, and then, and then they were outraged because he was 28. Yeah, when he took over, and they were outraged till the Sox won the World Series in '04. Yeah. And he was brilliant. He was right. a boy wonder. Yeah. Yep. No. So I, I really find it interesting that that sort of comparison. We'll see what happens down the road. But uh, uh, Evander Kane signs a deal with the Sharks. You had said on this show a couple times you'd be scared as hell to give him a long-term big money deal yep. but he certainly performed uh for them in that short amount of time but i'm with you ray uh, I, i'm scared as hell too to give him seven years at seven million i guess is the average yep and so what what worries me is his track record has been not very smooth no now doug wilson has got him in there for two months and the coach has got him in there for two months or three months i guess after the trade and the guys get a look at him for three months and unless he's a total phony and was completely bluffing people for three months, they were all comfortable with him. And I, I think, look, Evander's 27 years old. I would assume some of the crap that he pulled when he was younger, he's moved past that. We all did. You would hope. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, like, we were all donkeys mm-hmm. when we were 22. He just had millions of dollars to be a donkey. Yep. Right? And so I'm guessing that he's a more mature guy. He, you know, has a better idea of keeping his, you know, his personal life away from the game. And that's all really guys care about. You can do whatever you want, like when you're away from the rink, but you don't want it to spill over into the rink. I think he's found a nice spot where he's comfortable. He had a terrific run in San Jose, um, you know, in the regular season and then into the playoffs. I'm I'm just I'm like anybody I or I shouldn't say I'm like anybody I I look at this contract like I look at anyone that's seven years long yeah and uh, I go oh uh, golly that's a long time but he's no. young he's only 27 it's and you know so it's different than giving a seven year deal to a 31 year old uh, oh briefly uh, Tavares with Lou there Tavares more likely to stay you think. I don't think that matters at all. It doesn't all. matter? Okay. Unless, yep. unless Lou's got a shovel and he's going to start digging the arena out quicker. <laughs> right. Um, okay. I, I don't think it matters one okay. way or the other. All right. Uh, David Quinn hired for coach of the Rangers uh, coming out of college, Boston University. Uh, yeah, what? very highly touted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, know David just a little bit. Um, really good communicative guy. Um, they're going to have a younger team in New York. Um, he waited, and uh, you know teams were kicking around at him for a couple of years. And uh, waited for something 
that fit. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's a Northeast guy, and so this is a, a fabulous opportunity, and, he, and they're going to pay him big, $2.5 million a year out of the gate for five years for him. Paul Fenton, Minnesota Wild, general manager. Uh, Paul Fenton has been uh, in the mix for jobs many years. Uh, David Poyle's right-hand guy in Nashville, of course, and he finally makes the jump. Yeah, um, uh, when I got called up to the NHL, Fenner was my left winger. And um, a little older than me, I think he's 58 now. Yeah. And um, as you mentioned, he's been, you know, he's been right in the midst of yeah. building that that program in Nashville, which has been, you know, it's been so successful for many, many years. And um, you know, he had a connection with the owner, with Leopold, mm-hmm. and um, so that probably opened the door for him to, you know, to get get into the next stage of it. He gets hired and. Um, they got a lot of work in Minnesota, but it's not like it's a, a train wreck. The one yeah. thing that'll be interesting is how do they deal with the, you know, the Suter and Parisi contracts? How I mean, does that affect your cap? I mean, they, they're there. Can they do anything? Five years they can't really do anything, can they? <laughs> no, but how do you, how do you work around it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's going to be one of Paul's biggest challenges. Everywhere you look in the NHL, there's these deals that are just so long, like you said, with the cane and everything and. You're just like, holy smokes, how are you going to deal with that, with that player, you know? Um, yeah, well, eventually at some point you trade one of those long contracts for another long contract. Yeah. Uh, Fenton was good as, when he played for the Jets, man. He was gritty. I liked him. He was a good player. Hard worker. Uh, yeah. He's a Boston guy. Yeah. So he's got a little attitude to him, you know, like yep. he's got a little backbone. Um, he's um, smart. He knows what he likes. And uh, they say they're not going for a rebuild in Minnesota, but – to tweak, Paul will be really, really sure about what he's looking at to tweak. All right, all right. Anything else? Did nope. I miss anything? Time to pack. Uh, time, time to pack. Time to pack. Come to Vegas. Let's uh, let's hit the blackjack table. It's been a while since I. Well, I will be going to the blackjack table at some point. Uh, um, but um, we get in media days Sunday, and uh, then now it all kicks off Monday. When are the games? Monday, Wednesday. Monday, Wednesday. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, okay. and then there's a three two day break for the next when it goes back to yeah that stinks the two day break always stinks. Are you so TSN? You'll do a panel show. Will you do it outside the arena? Like, can I? Can I? I had no. I okay. had no idea. Can I hang out behind the panel no. and wave and no, no, okay, right. no, um, no, certainly not. <laughs> um, I, I don't know where we are. They yep. the, they have to go in and um, like our. Um, you know, our technical people go sure. in and they yeah. they talk to the league about okay, where can we set up? Where can we? Right. Where can we be? Because we're not rights holders. Right, right. So you, I don't know, there's certain places you can or can't be. And, um, and then uh, I'll, be on, I'll be at ice level for, um, for the games with, uh, with Westwood One Radio for mm-hmm. NHL Network. Yeah, exciting. Good times. Washington yeah, Vegas Cup Final. Uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It's got yeah. so many, as we talked about, so many layered storylines. Yeah. So, uh Looking forward to getting going. Fantastic. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for coming back on. We uh, we tried to do it in Denmark. Everybody it just didn't work out. I was busy. Race nine hours ahead. So uh, we're back. Yeah, it just that was not happening. Um, it just, it just, <laughs> but we're back. We're back. We're back. Uh, thanks everybody for listening again. Paulpocky.com. Get it wherever you get podcasts from. Thank you, Ray. And I guess we'll see you in Vegas. Uh, this this we will see you in a couple of days. Fantastic. Thanks, Ray. Later.